why don't we start with you doing an introduction into Cropster for those that maybe don't know. I mean, you are very, very well known in the industry, but let's let's not assume anything. Give an interview about or give it a, an introduction as to who Cropster is and, and, and what do you do? Sure thing. So, well, I mean, it's like there's probably a very long answer. I mean, uh, Cropster exists since like 13 years uh, or like more than 13 years. Uh, and we, we started out um, in, in Colombia. Uh, that was where we actually founded our company. I mean, it's an Austrian-based company, um, but uh, we all worked in a research center and we worked with, with farmers. And the goal from the beginning was like helping everyone in the supply chain, especially farmers, because this is where, where we came from. This was like, this is our passion, but uh, also like looking at this and how can we help everyone having access to tools uh, that will allow them to make better decisions, more informed decisions. This is like, all, all the bookkeeping, all the, I mean, more like this, all the quality information, they all existed, but in some kind of like paper-wise way. And it's like all this, uh, the whole supply chain as it works is um, a lot of information is like gathered along the supply chain, but there's not so much coming back to the farmer. So this is where, where we actually jump in and say like, we want to build like a traceability and a more like coherent uh, information system that will allow like farmers also getting access from like information that roasters at the end have, or like if we can go to the end consumer, that's even better. But it's like, it was always like the roaster, farmer, importer, export to the whole relationships and like getting all the information and giving everyone access to the information, the information that they need. So it's not like free for all, but it's like, Everyone should own their own data. A farmer should be in possession of his own data, and he should make the choices that whom, to whom do I give my information, but also then have the feedback from, from roasters. So for the roasters, it's great because they see like the trends over the years and also like, okay, we found out you roasted your coffee, it tastes a little bit over fermented. Um, but that only I notice when roasting, you can right through, uh, give this feedback back to the farmer. He can change something. And, and the, as well, farmers learn to understand why do people like my coffees, to whom it's like the most valuable, because it's like, if, if you like the coffee less than I do, I should sell it, I mean, to me, because it's like, I, I, I would give you a better price. And this is not something like, um, it, it's just like what, what you like and how, how it tastes for you. So it's a lot about traceability, quality, raising the bar along the supply chain to help everyone to, to produce uh, and make better coffee. So that, that's the general mission of our, of our company. Um, we are now in more than 90 countries uh, working with farmers, importers, exporters, roasters. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I should have done my homework more because I, I was looking at you more from the roasting side. And now that I know you do the whole track and tracing, you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to talk about blockchain. We're going to have to talk. About <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You just made more work for yourself. <laughs> That, but yeah, that's that's where we're coming from. But we do a lot of work with roasters, so it's like there, there's a lot of work that, that we recently and uh, over the years have done done with roasters. And we could probably fill a whole a whole like talk just with like information from from here and forward. Well, it's okay because we're using uh, Google Cloud Storage, so we can just keep going. Uh, <laughs> this isn't like the old days when you were, you ran out of memory cards, you know. Okay. This, this <laughs> so, 
Uh, I tell you what, look, the, the title of this thing is, is obviously I'm going to give it a catchy headline grabbing kind of title of, of artificial intelligence. And that is why we're here today to talk about it. And uh, so I'm so you've given a thank you very much for that introduction. And, and actually, now I'm going to go back and, 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 and try to learn more about what you guys do, because it sounds really sounds really interesting in, in, in a lot of ways as well. Um, for other things that I'm, 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 I'm working on. So um, about artificial intelligence, we're going to bring conversation here. I'm going to geek out a little bit, but the first thing we need to do is actually say what artificial intelligence is. And oh boy. <laughs> okay. So agree is that nobody can actually agree. Uh, and 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 everybody will have different terms. But there's a basic there's a basic history to it that we can talk about and we can talk about the terms and define the terms in, in general concepts and then we can take it from there. So, um, and I, I actually meant to do a bit, more, a bit of reading up on it uh, in the last couple of days, but I forgot. So I'm, I might get a few things wrong. And if I do, you're going to correct me because it's been a couple of years since I, I really delved deep into it. But I was reading books. So I was, I think I mentioned, I, I gave a book a, a few years ago uh, at BAFTA with, with, uh, with some guys there on cyber, uh, cyber warfare and cyber defense uh, and artificial intelligence. So I was reading up it in a lot of the time. And there's basically there's there's just so you're interested there's two camps in the world there's the there's the dystopian believers and the utopian believers and the utopian believers with people like uh, Ray Kurzweil um, who's the chief data I don't know if he is still the chief data scientist at Google he used to be uh, and he gets really involved in life sciences things he believes that uh, artificial intelligence and what we're going to be defining as general artificial intelligence is actually going to make life really fantastic for everybody. And we're all going to live these amazing lifestyles where we're free to be creative and, and not worry about day-to-day -day concerns. And then there's the dystopian view. Uh, I read a book by, I'm going to get his name probably wrong. I think it was Nick Bosworth or something. It was called Superintelligence. Mm -hmm. And that was the view that as soon as something becomes sentient, uh, then um, it won't, the first thing it's going to do is protect itself by not letting on that it's sentient until it's got to a position where it's strong enough that you can't switch it off. And uh, then it'll, it'll you know, it'll do whatever it thinks is the right thing to do, which may not be what it's been programmed to do, because that's the whole point about being sentient. So there are these two different, uh, these two different things. So most people who've watched the Terminator movies and everything else who understand, and we're going to come on to obviously making sure that Cropster isn't going to, uh, your roaster isn't going to, you're going to give me some assurances uh, that your roaster isn't going to become self-aware and, and start to murder people. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, uh, most people who are thinking about artificial intelligence, they've got this thing in mind about it, the Terminator and, and, and that sort of thing. But that's the general AI, what they call general AI, which we're a long way away. I think everybody can agree we're, we're actually quite a long way away from that. Mm -hmm. um, but when we look at AI as it's actually being used in the world today, these are narrow AIs. These are AIs for a specific purpose, such as a self-driving car um, or an ability for Google. When you type cat into Google or show Google a picture of a cat, it finds other cats. And these are examples of a, uh, an AI defined for a specific purpose. Um, your voice assistants, are using pattern recognition technologies for, for, for this. So in, in that sense, there's a few terms that have been thrown around that people get very confused about, which are artificial intelligence, machine learning, and neural networks. Um, and basically, uh, while we won't get too too deep into the, into the technical part of it, basically, um, if you're not trying to, to have 
a system that is making intuitive leaps. That is to say, um, if you're not trying to make a system that you teach it how to play chess and then it can say, well, I understand strategy now, so I'm going to go and I'm going to learn how to play Go, right? That, that's an intuitive and imaginative leap. And, and if you're not trying to do that, then most of what people are actually doing is effectively like a machine learning, which is you're giving large data sets and you're creating deductions from those data sets. You're basically processing that data in many, many different ways and you're deriving conclusions from that and maybe finding new things that you can do with that particular data in that context. Um, and, and, and that we call machine learning. And there's a few other sort of things like, and there are a few other sort of areas of it. And neural networks is the idea of, uh, or is the, the method to implement artificial intelligence where you're trying to basically reestablish a brain's pattern. So a brain works on, neur on neurons and neural networks. Uh, and when we repeat something as a human being, we, we do something over and over again, we're actually strengthening the path, right, in that neural network. And so people have tried to recreate that in software to create a neural network. And again, here, the people disagree whether that's the right way or the wrong way to, to do it. But that's like the basic concepts. You've got general AI, which we're not talking about. We're not doing anything with that. You've got narrow AI, which is artificial intelligence to a specific, a specific one thing very well. And within that artificial AI, generally people are talking about either using software, using neural networks or other approaches, but using large data sets to be able to create inferences from that data or, or intuitive leaps in some respect that we ourselves as humans would find it hard to do to because we're not processing that kind of quantity of data. How, how much of that did I get right? Most of it, yeah, no, most, most, most of it sounds really well. Uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, uh, I, mean I, I always try to, to explain it more like this, like there, there's this umbrella term of like artificial intelligence, which is like just encompasses everything, which is like actually we try to teach machines to uh, create abilities that we have as, as humans or like uh, human-like abilities. Uh, and, and then, yeah, you have this like whole like uh, super intelligences. Uh, and then further down, you have like several like um, sub um, like um, well, what you call like fields. Like one of them is machine learning, and machine learning really tackles um, using data. I mean, it's just like big data is one of those things that get thrown in, and but there's like countless others. Um, and then there you have further down more uh, like uh, subfields. I mean, one one you mentioned is like a neural network. Um, and yeah, so so it's like this this kind of I I'm I'm also very very much in in line with like the non so dystopian at least uh, I I think we will not uh, see that I mean we, it's very getting I, I think it's a very far leap from like what we do now where where we see like this this like really advances in like and and like okay we can now do really good recognition of like faces uh but but jumping from this to like there will be a terminator is like a really i mean this is this is just like um magnitude. right i mean i still i still can't get alexa oh i'm gonna say it now she's gonna do something i still can't get my amazon price to understand what it is i'm really trying to do you know and i don't know how many how much money they've thrown at that but that is a form of, of narrow eye and if i if i'm trying to get my voice device just to give me basic instructions but you know, it, I, I would say about six times out of 10, it fails. 
So we, we, I think we're still a long way away from from machines taking dominance, right? But, but also, but, but what you said before, right? If you if you have enough good data and and a huge data set, and I mean, it's like it's very well prepared, and you, you you can use it to learn. I mean, you you can beat the best Go player, which which is which is an amazing feat, which like uh, we 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 say. Uh, but this Go game will not roast coffee never ever in life because it's like it has no understanding of anything else uh and and, and it's very I, I said this is sometimes hard for to to understand for people it's like you you say like oh this 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 thing must be really good but it's like it's really good in this one thing and it cannot do yeah. anything else. <laughs> Yeah, we all know people like that, right? So, so uh, we <laughs> people who are very, very good at one thing tend to be very bad at everything else. Uh, some of the people I know simply could not walk into a room and say hello to somebody um, uh, because that would terrify them. And and and, and so uh, and and so we're we're quite a long way off. I think people have talked about twenty years. The only interesting dynamic in this is the uh, and this is something that Ray Kurzweil I think brought up was you take a look at the acceleration. So it's it, the acceleration of technology is logarithmic in the sense that uh, we are getting faster at learning things faster. So it's almost like a compound effect. And, and that means that, okay, it's taken us, as you think about it, it wasn't that long ago that we had the industrial revolution, right, in Victorian ages. And we're talking about moving from, we're talking about the Luddites and the, and the, uh, the, the, the looms for for not knitting i'm oh god my 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 lexicon in that particular field is not great but the um the machines that they made for for knitting or whatever the, the looms that they had and you had the luddites which were the people who who were anti the loom technology because they thought well, you know <laughs> this is crazy advanced stuff and uh you know it's going to be the end of the world and and from there it's it's only been like literally the blink of an eye that we are now walking around with computers in our pocket. And so what's going to happen if you talk about that acceleration, if you multiply that on top, what's going to happen in the next hundred years, right? Right. And I, but I do think also like uh, we as humans, we are, we are not really good in like uh, knowing what happens short term but, and, and, and really get like long term. So I mean, it's like it's, it's very, really, it, it always then sounds looks like it's so close and it's like self-driving cars are around the corner and then you, yeah. you follow the field and and like multiple companies except for tesla who still believes they have it next year which no one believes that they could <laughs> yeah look it, elon musk believes that we're all living in a simulation well yeah that's also <laughs> true i mean uh, uh, and, and no one can prove him wrong i guess um but like we're there is an acceleration. I mean, there's definitely things coming, uh, and there's there's so much going on in the field that that I, I think we will see big leaps. Uh, but yeah, it's where this is, when this happens, we will we still see that? I I don't actually. You know, I, I still hope for self-driving cars. I I'm a, I would be a big fan of that. It's just like not I would driving. Be too. No I would be too. Let's bring this back to Cropster, and I and I have to ask because there was a study done. Um, there was a study done, you know the question that's coming now, right? There was a study done uh, quite recently that said 40% of software companies uh, are, are using the term artificial intelligence, found out that they're actually not using artificial intelligence, but it just looks good to the investors. And, <laughs> and you know, we, we know this is true, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> that's because you know, and you look at some of the software out there, people are sort of saying, "Oh yeah, you know, my my, my calculator, this is AI calculator now. That calculator used to sell for three pounds. I can now sell it for thirty because it's an artificial intelligent calculator." Um, but you guys are actually doing the real thing, right? You're you're actually you've actually built some proper AI into uh, into this software. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, it's like the I mean, any there's so many algorithms that you can call. I mean, statistics, right? I mean, it's like this is this is a field that you you can use and then say like, well, it's kind of artificial intelligence, and so you you can mingle words into it. And um, we we did not put anything on our website for a very long term because we. As someone who comes from technology, it always feels like stingy if you're like, but we, could we call this like an artificial? Like, yeah, not, not, it doesn't feel right. Uh, what, what we have done over the past like one and a half years, uh, it, it now feels right that we can actually call it that. Um, so we really uh, dug deep and, and, and looked at like millions of records. We, we, we really tried to like, we, we, we started this data project and then we, we worked with like uh, companies um, on, on figuring out uh, what information can be can be gleaned from from uh, what, what's what's stored what's the what do roasts give up uh, and like we all know certain things and how to measure them and that they have an impact but roasting is so complex and the, the interactions and the chemicals that are in there for for someone to just like understand, it's it's very well, hard. Let's, let's take that back then, because yeah. this that takes us to a really good spot, which is actually explain what the problem is that we're trying to solve. I say we, because I'm actually not doing much work on this at all for you guys. But okay, what's the problem that you were trying to solve with with this with this software? So uh, imagine that you're talking to uh, a child. Because uh, you won't be that far <laughs> that far wrong with me, and you're explaining the roasting process, and and to the traditional roasting process before you brought in this uh, AI functionality, and what the challenges that you personally as a company had that you were then trying to solve. Right, Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> that's the time for me to jump in. Um, so basically, one step back, right? We talked about how technology evolved over the last years. It's like same with us, like how we evolved, like when we started 13 years ago, like roasting, when you talk about roasting, it's basically the process of making the green bean, in, like bringing the green bean into the roasted state, right? And right. initially there was like no technology. So basically you put your beans into the roasting machine and then you put heat into the roasting machine and with that heat these green beans on some point get to a specific stage of brown in as a roaster you usually kind of have a knowledge like how brown should they be how long should they be roasted and uh, at the point where there was no software you basically tried to, to take notes about everything like you noted down okay how much green coffee did i put in like how many kilos like how long have they been in a specific temperature range? You try to like note down temperatures, for example, like every 30 seconds, you note it down like how much gas, like how much energy did I put into the roasting machines every 30 seconds to kind of try to understand what is happening in this time frame, in this like, let's say 15 minutes to get your roast to this desired end state. And then after that, you basically took out the coffee, rested it, and then you, you tasted it. And then you found out you either liked it or you didn't like it and you need to change something. So you repeated this process so long until you got to a point uh, that you're happy with your product. 
And then you try to find out how you can repeat that. And ideally you have made so many notes that you know exactly what you should do again. And, and that is where we started as Cropster, where we then uh, developed this profiler system where we track every second uh, of what's going on into your roasting machine. So you get now a roasting curve where you see exactly how much temperature, how much gas, uh, and all of the many other variables that you can track so that when you got to this desired point, you can uh, immediately reproduce it. That is like how we started. And then even already when we started, uh, we developed this, this metric that's very uh, commonly known in the roasting industry, it's called rate of rise. And uh, you can think about it like um, seeing the speed of a car, like how fast are you like increasing your speed? For example, if you see, oh, I'm increasing like 80 kilometers per hour, you kind of know how fast you're going. And the same is with the rate of rise. It basically tells you how fast your roasting machine is heating up. Um, and with this, we it was like the first approach in like helping the roasters to see uh, if they keep with like this, this speed, uh, that they kind of could calculate in your head, okay, if I keep this speed, most likely I'm getting to this important roast event, first crack in this specific time frame. So they can kind of with this metric calculate in their heads when they're getting to specific events and then make adjustments based on that. Um, so basically what Cropster always tries to solve is like uh, helping you to see how your roast evolves getting to basically your desired quality and then uh, making it repeatable because making it repeatable is also like one of the biggest problems in roasting. Um, so we always wanted to do that. We always wanted to help with that. Um, but now again, as with in technology, uh, we saw that we actually can do more. We cannot just like show the rate of rise or show what's going on at the moment but we could with like all the knowledge we have and all the machine learning algorithm we created um, actually show what's happening already in two minutes. So when you know as a roaster what is happening in two minutes, you can actually react right now. So, which is like actually pretty good. And one of our customers framed it like that um, until the uh, artificial intelligence was there, they basically reacted to a roast more on defense. So they always kind of be like, okay, how can I keep that roast where I want it to go? And now with the artificial intelligence, they can rather go on offense with the roast and be like, okay, this is where I want you to go. So that is actually. Yeah, that's, that's a really, really good explanation. Thank you. And and um, it sounds to me like, and I, and I, and I was reading up on this, I've been, I know very little very little about the roasting um, business. So I'm going to be that, that guy that asks all the really stupid questions. Uh, one of the, somebody told me once, Nick, one of your really great strong points is you're not afraid to make a complete fool of yourself. Uh, so so I have no problems about asking the, the really dumb questions. And maybe there'll be other people out there who will watch this who'll be glad that I did. But it seemed to me as I was reading up on the ROR, the rate of rise, that actually that predictive proactive process would be it is was really lending itself very strongly to to the benefits of of uh, of ai and big data and being able to make those predictions is that is that right martin i mean the, the thing was like it, it is a time event and, and time events are something that, that that are very good for i mean that as a as a technology we understand uh, so it's like there's a lot of predictions with like over time. I mean that what what Lisa said is like that the simple fact of like you just like 
know where you are in two minutes, you can draw a straight line, right? And say like, okay, I'm there in two minutes. That will not happen because what we said before with the complexity of what is going on. If I make a change in my system, the whole system changes. And, and with like, right. you are now like trying to incorporate all those things that are already there at the point in time where so much things have happened. So what it, it is not some, some simple mess in your head. I mean, that's what you can do as an abstraction. Um, but if you browse differently, you're, if, you, if you take less speed in the beginning, more speed, it, it changes the whole variable level. And, and with artificial intelligence, we, we were able to, to learn actually what, what the influences are and, and predict them correctly into the future. So this is where, I mean, it's, it's a complex system. Uh, it's not a completely like sealed system, a roasting machine, and depending on the roasting machine, it, it depends. But, but those are also variables that we can, uh, can put in there. So it's like, depending on the type of roast machine you're using, your heat development will be different. Uh, and also depending on like the, the speed that you took before, it will be different. So our system can use that and can give you an accurate prediction no matter which machine you're using. So Lisa, can I ask, is it, um, is it, do you use the software when you're doing the sample roast? So here comes one of my stupid questions. Okay, so um, <laughs> my understanding is you do the sample roast first, so you get a sample roast there, and you're basically trying to create a profile. Mm -hmm. And once you've got that profile for the beans that you've got, you're making an assumption that all the other beans, that batch, are going to be of a similar profile. And then you can say, great, got the profile nailed. Now I'm going to roast all my beans in the future like that. So is the is the place is the place for this software for the crops to software during the sample roasting, or do you also use it, you know, when you're roasting every batch? Uh, so actually, that's a very good question, um, and uh, the the software crops is for both. So you use it for sample roasting, but also for production roasting. Um, it is the same software, but it has a little bit of different like functionality you can use. Uh, so in production roasting, as you said, you already have kind of figured out what the profile is. And then you can basically put your profile into a background and try to follow the profile. If you have a, not a more or less semi-automatic machine, if you have a semi-automatic machine, we even have a functionality that with Cropster, you can actually replay everything you did like all the gas changes in a specific time frame so you just basically need to say okay i figured this out now please cropster help me to reproduce exactly what i did um so that is like the the production roasting side of things and uh, on sample roasting actually uh the roast curve prediction even even helps you even more like on production roasting it's like okay it's trying to stick to my curve basically but in sample roasting, you need to imagine that, as you said, you have a new coffee, right? So there's a new sample. You kind of know from experience, okay, maybe how, how does an Ethiopian coffee behave or how does a fully washed coffee behave? So you can put some experience in. You maybe even try to start with a similar profile that you had on a different coffee from last year. Um, but you more or less like start from a blank slate. Um, so basically, when you then start roasting with Cropster and you imagine just a more like a blank slate, you have this prediction that shows you how this like fresh product you never roasted before uh, most likely will behave. So you can actually, um, you will actually need less batches to roast, less sample batches to roast to get to the desired outcome because 
if you know on a sample roast immediately like okay i want usually to get to a first crack around let's say eight minutes or have like a x percentage of development time and you know that already as a roaster before you have the prediction and you can adjust immediately without being like after the roast like ah actually first crack was later than i expected i need to roast again I need to roast again so with the with the prediction actually you see how a new coffee you never roasted before will behave because we gathered this knowledge and this is actually quite nice. Fantastic. So, um, so are you using like a, uh, Martin, are you using like a, a hive learning model where you're taking presumably the feedback from the software? Uh, if you've got, I don't know, let's say you've got a thousand roasters um, all over the world roasting different beans and, 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 and doing different things in different ways. Is that data being sent back to a central place where you're able to learn from all of those different roasters and then be able to apply that to uh, um, uh, another roaster? So, for example, if a roaster in New York is, uh, is, is, is doing something a certain way and you learn something from that, from what he's doing, is that lesson then applied to the algorithm that goes out to everybody? Yeah, let me just take one one step back on that. So, uh, because I mean, it's it's very important to say like that the data that belongs to a customer is a customer's data. It's not our data. Um, and and when we started out, uh, we started this as I said before the data project. So where we have like a roster of like roasters that we work with, that we are like really going and like with their permission and like with all that going to like uh, research and doing like research on the data and seeing like, okay, what, what can we find? What they do they know blending like the, the, the human part with like the data part and then going back and forth on those things. Um, and if there is something that, that shows to have value for the, the community, like uh, for, the, for the bigger, like that is applicable, not, not only for a small part, because this is also important that we, can always like give this to everyone and not just like the people that can really afford like very specialized like hardware. Um, then we try to to roll it out to more people. And and, and in this case, we did this. We we did this case studies with like our roasters, and now the system completely makes the data anonymous. So it's like we have this data, but we do not know anything. It's like it's to, to the to the whole system. It does not know anything about any particular it wouldn't know that you are from new york but it wouldn't know that like you you you're like this and this person um so it just for it it is a set of like the features that we have and that we train it on and now that allows us to like add new data sets uh and and keep uh training it further i mean there is uh what, what it means is like it's not 100% tailored to you. So it's like uh, only what you are doing. But I mean, we all we are all have unique styles, but they are all in like a general level, very similar. I mean, it's like, if, if, if you always look at the bigger, at the bigger topics, at, uh, bigger, uh, like at the high level, there's always the chance that, that it is applicable for something else. So yes, um, in, in a sense, we, we get information back into our system. But it's like detached from all the the, the like general information. I mean, it's just like it's really a, a blob of data. It learns from that, and then it's uh, this can be. You, like, you don't need to know like location data or, or it's John Smith. 
that's actually not relevant to you. It's different. Funnily enough, uh, some years ago, um, someone did a test on some antivirus. So, you know, the antivirus that you run on your PCs and there's lots of different companies out there like McAfee or, or Trend or whatever. And somebody went and did a test and they tested, I think, about 20 different antivirus runnings on the computer to see what they did. And they ran what's called a, a network sniffer to see what traffic that they were sending back to the central. And they were sending your documents back, right? So your personal data was being exfiltrated back to, to data centers based in the US, uh, totally in breach of all European regulations in order for them to, to, to do the cloud analysis. Now for the antivirus companies, that makes commercial sense. It makes no, it makes no branding or reputational sense, but it makes commercial sense yeah. as long as you don't get caught. Um, but for 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 Cropster and what you're doing, that's irrelevant data. So yeah. I can imagine you can completely anonymize the data uh, at the point of collection, anonymize it, and you're just sending up like raw data that could come from anywhere from anybody. But you're able to learn from that because I think it is quite in in look in all these AI models, the 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 bigger the data set, the better the information, and then that benefits everybody, right? So it, you, you can build a more comprehensive model. And then you also have the ability to like, if there's a new roast machine, like someone coming to the market and is like, you, you can incorporate like more things. And it's like, if you're the, the first person who bought it <laughs> and you're the only one in your vicinity that has like a certain type of roaster, there's not so many, you you're, you don't have that information. But if, if you look globally, there's more people. And so you, you can harness like uh, information from others that um, also have, have similar experiences. So so does this, so does this Lisa, does this uh, software work on every type of roaster or is it is it restricted to certain types of, of roasters? Uh, well, we have a quite substantial list of roasters. I mean, we always say more or less we can connect to nearly any roaster, right? We also work very closely with the roast machine manufacturers uh, for example, if a customer comes and has a new machine we have never heard before, which by now uh, barely happens, uh, we try to figure out a way how to connect to them because we can either connect directly like with an Ethernet cable, like on the more modern machines we can connect directly. Um, but also for the older machines, we have a specific Cropster connector that you can nearly connect to any machine. So you just need a computer, uh, download our software and you can yeah, get started basically. So if I have a very old or non-sophisticated roaster, actually this is a way for me to substantially uh, increase the, the the value, the benefits, or the capabilities of, of what I can do with that roaster without having to to buy a new roaster. Exactly. We right? have, and like I mean, a roasting machine it can last twenty years, right? We have customers that have roasting machines that are fifteen years, twenty years old, and you don't want to buy a new roasting machine if it's fully workable just for new software, if you can just add it on. And that is like one of our biggest, as Martin said before, the thing was, was that was most important to us is like that we bring this like machine learning algorithm to everybody uh, that is using right. software. It doesn't matter if you have a new machine or an old machine, it doesn't matter. We will cover all of them. So, so I... I Sorry to pin you down on it, but or to fire this left field. But how many how many installations do you have of this software out there at the moment? Can you say, or is that is that commercial, confidential? Yeah, that's that's a bit confidential. Uh, but but it's in the it's in the thousands. <laughs> I have to ask. Okay, so in, in that case, what's the what's the plan going forward? 
So you've got this. How are you going to take this forward? I mean, you, you've you, everyone's got ideas. This sounds like a great. It actually, to me, sounds great. I, I I wish I had a roaster so I could try it out. I'm gonna have to go find some. Maybe you have to tell me somebody locally in my area. I can go down and 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 have a look at it. I, no, seriously, I'd really love to do that. Um, but what's what are your plans for the future then? Well, I mean, uh, as Martin said before, I mean, there's a lot of work already done. We started, I would say, now one and a half years ago. Uh, we have now a full data science team that is just working on these kind of projects, uh, where we look into uh, different ideas, uh, different, yeah, um, different ideas that we get from the people from the data project, where people are like, hey guys, you must be able to do that, or you must be able to do that. And we're like, ah, oh, actually a good idea, right? Like, so our customers are actually also quite inspiring because they have a lot of ideas for us to look into. Um, but also besides that, our data science team is working like continuously, like every day on improvements and ideas. And for us, this was the first step. Like I can say we're already working on more projects, but this was the first step because first of all, like, like we have a large number of customers that are using our roasting software. Um, and it's like this, closed system where we can, where we know which variables we can use, for example, like gas changes or machine types or these kind of things. Um, so it was for us the yeah, logical first step to go because we can bring a benefit to many people. But at the moment we are evaluating more projects for the roasting process directly because there are more things you can potentially predict than just the bean temperature. Um, but also we are evaluating uh, other things because we have this online platform where we have like a lot of reporting on like inventory reports, production reports and these things. So we are also looking into things where we can help there with machine learning and artificial intelligence to help you maybe predict something else um, in the future. So that we can say for us at Cropster to start a new era of features. And, and just to, to quickly add on to that, I mean, Lisa covered it very well. I mean, our our goal with this is, and, and it's like uh, to your initial uh, comments on like the general AI, I mean, our, our goal very much is to help the people operating. It's not like replacing. I, I'm a firm believer in, in like, there is a lot of knowledge that is very hard to capture by a machine, uh, but we do also a lot of, unnecessary work or like standing next to the roaster <laughs> just to watch a curve go up is maybe not the best time that I can spend. So it's like, we, we really want to approach this from the, where can we take away just like this like grunt work uh, and replace it with something else that is like more suitable to, to human, uh, like it's like some, some creative parts. I mean, it's like, there is, goes a lot into like figuring out how you roast it and, but, but not necessarily only watching the curve. Um, so, right, right. So you'll do well in uh, in in some countries and in some ex-communist countries uh, where I was at recently and had to uh, pull up and and give my parking ticket to one person uh, who I would uh, he would then take my money and uh, and then give me the ticket back the same ticket back. I would then drive two feet and give the same ticket to another person. Uh, who would then open the gate for me? And uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's it's a productivity improvement, right? So your the idea is to get away from having lots of people just for the sake of having lots of people. Uh, you don't you don't need to be standing around watching the roaster. It's it's a case of having those people actually move up the value chain, do more. And, and, and also, you can do so much. It's not like 
getting, I mean, not, not having the people, but while you're there, you can already prepare the next batch. I mean, most people do, right? They run around. I mean, it's like, it's, 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 it's amazing how, how busy like a roasting floor is and how much those people have to do. And, and in the same instant, we, we ask them to calculate like values in their head. I mean, it's like, let, let the computers do what computers are good at, which is just like working with, with numbers. Uh, but the other things free up the time to just like concentrate on this task and not just like be like constantly spinning and multitasking. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of the session, um, but you have, uh, you've been fantastic. I really, I feel like I've learned a lot as well. Um, but, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to have to come back and talk to you about, uh, about blockchain and, and uh, track and trace because that's it's another little thing of mine uh, where I've been, uh, I've been involved in, uh, in, uh, in track and trace, uh, in track and trace applications and actually mostly on the, in, in, in a different industry, but, uh, be fascinated to see what you guys are doing in that because I've been reading about it for a long time, but I haven't seen a lot of of it in action on the ground, uh, not just in coffee, but also in cocoa. So uh, we, we cover the cocoa market as well. And traceability is hugely important. We actually just, now I'm going to give like a little, just a little, <laughs> a little punt for myself here, but we just released a, um, a, uh, a research paper on, um, on uh, uh, the problems in Cote d'Ivoire with uh, with deforestation, and the problem that Cote d'Ivoire has got to deforestation for their cocoa is it's all it's really mostly for for cocoa planting uh, and cocoa farming that they're cutting down the forests, but the problem is is not as widespread in Ghana. Why the difference? Because of track and trace. In Ghana, they have a GPS system. It's really very basic. It's not blockchain, nothing. It's just GPS, and you can actually show the provenance all the way through to the farm. You can show the provenance of where those cocoa beans have come from, but they haven't got it in Cote d'Ivoire. And the same thing can be in the coffee industry, not so much from a deforestation issue, but more from a knowing actually what you're buying and how much you're paying for it is, is, is really important. So I had no idea actually that you were involved in that. So I might, uh, I might call upon you again. Yeah, we, we, are, we are happy to talk again. <laughs> it was very nice. <laughs> Thank you so much. You've been very generous with your time. I really appreciate it. No, thanks Thank so much. You. Nick. Yeah, it was great talking to you. Yeah.